Good Friday morning to you. This is Trending, and I'm your host, Ben Rogers. Cannon County is a beautiful rural county situated in Middle Tennessee. It's bordered by Rutherford, Wilson, DeKalb, Warren, and Coffee counties. Its location has resulted in the county seeing some growth, but with growth, that also means more services are expected. Like a lot of rural counties in Tennessee that are seeing growth, Cannon County has had some financial struggles. Here with me today as my guest on Trending is first-time county executive Brent Bush. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you for taking the time to be here. One of the reasons I wanted you on as my guest today is I want our listeners to learn more about Cannon County. Uh, it's a really beautiful county. If you haven't been there, uh, it's uh, I enjoy the drive. I enjoy being there. It's a county that has a lot to offer to its citizens and people visiting. Yet, for years, there have been some financial struggles there. And and, and I'm also, by having you on and, and, and talking about Cannon County, I'm also continuing my journey across Upper Cumberland, having leaders from cities and counties on as guests. And I think it's important the people of the Upper Cumberland know who their leaders are. You're a leader in Cannon County, and, and therefore you're a leader of the Upper Cumberland. And all they and I want them to know all the great things going on, not only in this area but the state, and what are some of the struggles local governments face when providing services for the constituents, because that's what it's all about, is you're providing services as a county to constituents and citizens. Uh, I want our audience to get to know you as well. I want them to learn about Cannon County, but I want them to know who you are. With that comes my questions, and if, uh, you know I'm not going to stump you or anything. I want to get into your background as well, but I do want to start with the county. And you've been county executive now for 15 months. Yeah, it's um, it's been a learning curve. Uh, I come out of a uh, – I was born in Cannon County. I left um, in the early 80s after high school and went off to college and then came back, served in the military. And I got involved, retired from the Army, and we moved back. And um, I got involved in county government in 14 as a commissioner, served uh, one term, and then this was my first term as a county executive. So what in 15 months, of course, we talk quite often, and I'm thankful for that. We've developed, I think, a good friendship and a working relationship. I think sometimes you worry about bothering me too much, and that's never been an issue because I love Cannon County and I love the people there. But I want to talk about some situations you've encountered as county executive in your first 15 months. We'll get to the financial management committee later. We're we're probably going to spend almost a whole segment on that because there's so much involved with that, and that's something new that's happened there. But what are some of the issues that you've had on your plate that's been difficult for you and the county to get through? And, you know, the solid waste issue. You come in September 1 of 2018, and one of the first things you do is address the solid waste issue. Yeah, that, the um, previous contractor uh, had felt like that uh, they didn't want to continue to do business with the county. They had a long-term um, relationship. Uh, we just was kind of at uh, what I call it a point where we just couldn't kind of move forward. A lot of politics was in play over that. And so the solid waste facility, again, I guess as a the director of it, as another one of my roles, uh, moved in a new direction. Uh, the uh, we currently have a program that's uh, working at uh, with inmate labor with less um, you'd say hired help. Um, just for the fact is that the money wasn't there, and um, we're in the process. Uh, we've worked hard with uh, Lisa Luck and you guys at the at, at CTAS to make sure we're following all the state policies and guidelines. And um, I feel comfortable that we'll have a, a new facility built. And maybe over the next year, uh, St. John's Engineering has been awarded the um, the architectural engineering, and they will bid out uh, the the new facility. So the old facility is in place; it's working, working as well as it can in the current setup. But um, over the next, hopefully, especially starting when the weather breaks this summer, 
uh, we'll move toward a better, more convenient convenient center. And you actually have worked with one of my counterparts, and that's something that maybe people don't understand about County Technical Assistance Service at CTAS. We actually have a solid waste consultant. We have two, and Kim Rea, uh, you've talked with her. She's wonderful, and uh, you've probably talked to her more than you have about have to me about the situation. Um, I know one of the things that, that happened, if I remember correctly, and if, I'm, if this is wrong, let me know, Brent. You actually had to limit the amount of trash being brought there when you first came in because uh, there was no way – there was no way to function. Um, you had to. You, the contract was gone. You had no way to haul it, and so that was tough. Well, the as a as a member of the legislative body working through the solid waste issues, we would we would talk tonnage and population, and and again talking to CTAS folks, which are just a great asset to county government, and they can run you numbers on how much tons should be, or at least within you know normal ranges. And we were just far exceeding those uh, ranges when it comes to tonnage. And now, again, growth in Middle Tennessee, it just kind of makes common sense. You've got a huge growth problem going on, say problem, a good problem going on in Rutherford County. But anyway, I think that we had a, a process of where we were using Cannon County as a place to bring trash from outside. And then we kind of went to the legislative body and we kind of wanted to rope that down to um, county, county citizens. And, uh, and again, uh, it, it brought some... Um, angst between the different organizations within the county itself with the schools and, you know, the local community and the, and the city of Woodbury and things of that nature, just trying to follow guidelines that um, Kim Raya and Lisa Luck and those folks uh, kind of laid out. So, and, and I'm, a, of course, being military, I'm all about following processes and policies and procedures and, you know, working what makes sense. But also, you know, that that incurs, if you don't do it that way, that's that's a very costly um, operation. Sure. And, and, and currently, again, like I say, with, with inmate labor, it helps us on um, some of the expenses, but also just from the amount of tonnage, you know, essentially uh, leaving Cannon County is, is within normal ranges. And that excess tonnage you were talking about basically was coming from citizens outside of Cannon County, taking advantage of the services county the county was providing and wasn't paying for them. Had to be. I mean, it had to come from somewhere. I mean, right. it, it was double the amount, and uh, that's even – I mean, there's no way even the city of Woodbury could uh, bring that much trash. And, again – uh, I want to work with uh, all the different agencies, but I also have got to realize that, that you know solid waste is one of those things that is a costly um, part of our county government, and we want to f- fully provide the services that we can provide. There is some things that uh, we need to do better, and uh, hopefully with a new facility, that's where we're heading. We're heading in a process of having a new facility that's a lot more efficient that can you know that can actually compact trash. That where you can, you have tonnage and uh, and again uh, Republic and Rutherford County they got their own struggles with their um, their problems with solid waste and it just kind of took some years to kind of really hit Cannon County and uh, and that's where the change uh, has been occurring and hopefully like I said sometime over the course of this year uh, we'll start uh, with a lot better facility. This has been Rogers. You're listening to Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM and 1600 AM. I'm joined today by Kenny County Executive Brent Bush. Brent, and we'll, we'll move on from the solid waste in just a minute, but some of the things counties do to regulate the outside 
outside uh, trash uh, from other counties into your county is they'll ask the citizens to go buy a sticker uh, or and it's, that shows proof of residence and they'll put it on their car and so when they come to the, the convenience center to the uh, to take off their trash the employees can see a sticker and say okay they're county county residents is that something y'all are doing well that's just a part of it we, we allow we're, we're you know use the term we're, we're flexible enough to you know you know if you got electric bills and you've got residents and we know who you are we do have some snowbirds and we do have some people that live out of state that move in and live there temporarily that was a big problem early on uh, what we're trying to limit is is using the county county convenience center which is designed to be a place for people that don't have trash pickup really i mean that's essentially what it's for are you if you do have trash pickup if you if you're a county resident you can bring your trash up there but it's for household trash it's not for commercial trash it's not for business trash really it's not what it's designed we're not taxed to do that we're right. not set up to do that but we allow people with has you know if they have residency um, you know, identification, and and then they and they communicate with us, and we try to allow them to use the facility as best we can. And we got right. and we we got new compactors on the ground, which you That's know, great. which and we have open box containers, and and we take recycle your oil, we recycle um, your antifreeze, we we recycle cardboard. Now, recycling is a whole different discussion, and I know the states um, involved in trying to figure that out but you know but recycling is uh, we're trying to figure out better ways to do that and you're making progress so that's the key you, you found a problem you come in that's the key let's we'll move on from that because i know that's been that's been a lot of your time um some other stuff that's other than the financial part and we'll get to that lack of funding and the, and the cash flow uh, you're now currently you're dealing with and, and we'll carry this on in the next segment as well we got about a minute and a half but um, you're now dealing with the old hospital, I believe it is, and that's where it's a county-owned building now, and that's where the the part, director of schools, the board of education, is located, and they actually occupy what 80 percent of it, I guess you could say, and the county only has a few offices there. It's been deemed by the fire marshal that it, it you should not be using the building unless you make improvements. Well, that again, when I go through the file, the old Adams Hospital, it has been a multi-year problem. Uh, going back all the way to 2012. Um, and I really wasn't even abreast of the issue with the hospital, except for the fact that I knew that my predecessor had moved some of the county agencies out, health department and the ambulance service. They'd moved those folks, got them grants, and gotten new buildings. Uh, the hospital became very apparent that we had a problem in April of 2019. And yeah. like you said, the school board has 25 offices in there. Uh, and uh, they're the ones that is affect mainly. We have only four county. Employees. Yeah, and that's something the county has been gracious enough to, over the years to the school system. So hey, here's a county building you can use it. That will keep you from doing something else or buying a building or finding office space to rent. And so I, that's one way of county commission and school board working together. But it's not required, and we'll get into that. You had asked me that a couple of days ago. If if you're required to provide them that building and whatever, it's not. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue to talk about that issue. Uh, the financial management committee and and some the lack of funding or cash flow county county has faced for the last few years since you've been a commissioner and now county executive and that's all when we come back on trending on news talk 94.1 fm welcome back to trending this has been rogers on news talk 94.1 fm and 1600 am i visited with brent bush canning county executive and he is in his first term about 15 months in and we we continue to discuss some of the things he's faced in his first 15 months and we'll get to know a little bit more about brent as we go along and in, in his uh public service career including his time in the military we mentioned the old adams hospital which is a county building uh, used by the board of education and there's four county offices in there as well about 25 uh, offices for the board of education it's it's in bad shape it needs some repair 
what is the plan, Brent, to, to try to either to fix that building and continue to use it or do something else? Well, again, like a, the in early April 2019, April 9th, uh, the, the Chris Bainbridge um, came in and, and directed and, and said, "Hey, look, you know, y'all got some problems this building." And and I, like I said, I had really uh, taken the, didn't really realize the extent of what needs to be done. And if you go back through the process of the old Adams Hospital, you know, we've had you know years in which we understood that it was an, under a foundation under the Adams family. Then, then later on, we figured out, oh yeah, this is a county building. And I think a roof was put on it in roughly 2000. And then so for the last 20 years, we've really not done anything. We've got the election office up there. We've got the, uh, from county perspective, we got the probation office, one person working up there, and we have CASA person working up there. And we were looking at moving in, uh, the financial directorate over into that building too when I realized when we kind of gradually learned that we had some fire code issues. Brought in some people, looked at it from different spec, uh, different perspectives, looked back over the records and going back really until the first time in 2015, there was a document that to renovate the whole building and it went from $400,000 as little and is upwards of $3.6 million with a couple of different courses of action and that was done by J.C. Haley Company. Um, I've talked to them again. I've brought them back in. They want to look at the building and they're going to sit down with the fire uh, marshal and and, and those folks and, and, and try to, what are we required to do first? And we're going to try to get that done. Um, and we're going to try to work with the fire marshal over the course of this next year to give us some time to either, you know, to comply. We will comply with everything the state fire marshal wants us to do. And, but we've, I think from a county perspective is that we've really uh, neglected the, the building and haven't really come to grips with what we really want to do with it. Like whenever you move the probation office out, that's um, uh, I'm a correction, not the probation office, but the uh, ambulance service folks out. That's roughly 20 people built them a new building. Uh, the uh, health department folks, you know, that's roughly eight full timers built them a new building. I mean, kind of the writings on the wall that maybe the school board was going to be the main occupant. Now, over the years, from the school board has been staying in there. We we do charge rent to a one governmental agency. They're kind of part time in and out. That's uh, part of the. It's not Upper Cumberland, but it's another governmental agency that works out there, and they're headquartered out of Warren County. But they help with jobs and things like that. Right. And uh, but that's pretty much it. Uh, the uh, and Mr. Curtis, Director Curtis, and I have really kind of you know did a full court press. They want to stay in the building, and you know, and it's a and it's a good deal from us. Now we just got to negotiate. Uh, the process between two governmental agencies, the right. the legislative body and the school board on, you know, because I've got to be careful, number one, if I understand the rules are. The rules are is that once the legislative body hits uh, or, or matches what's required with local contribution and BEP, we got to be careful with, with general fund money that goes to the schools on top of that. Sure. Then, we, then we're getting into audit, audit findings yeah. and, and violating TCA. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to cautiously walk through that optimistically knowing that we all want to work together to get this you know building still in shape but we also want to follow the rules and be in compliance right and it's important to know uh for listeners to to know that school property and county property are two separate things and under the tca tca title 49 uh talks about school and it property and they they are it's their property it's not the county commission's 
but school property. In this case, this building is actually belongs to the county and the county legislative body, and they're letting the school use it. Uh, the school is more than welcome to go find their own space, uh, either rent or buy some property. They will maintain that. That that title, that deed belongs to them. Uh, the other county buildings that, that you have, that deed belongs to the county. So it's important to separate the two because not all property in the county belongs to the county commission, uh, and that's just the way it works. It's uh, just based on the law. Um, you briefly mentioned the funding side of it, and, and I know y'all are not sure what you're going to do yet. And there's options there that you can do, and and you can uh, the county could do a help to help pay for that. They could do a one time uh, payment or transfer to the schools, and that wouldn't affect maintenance of effort. Uh, there's stuff there to do, but I know that's coming. But that's another issue you faced with in the fir- first 15 months, and we've talked about two, and I know there's a lot more. Um, but I want to do I want to talk about funding, and, and y'all passed a budget in August. You actually got really close to August 31st, uh, but it's because y'all were trying to figure out the best way to allocate money, uh, what kind of tax increase you needed, and y'all raised taxes. The county commission did eight cents, and, but you still moved some pennies around to make make up some funding somewhere. How did y'all structure your tax levy for this budget year? Well, you know, the the, the structure of eight cents, you know, went out throughout the two different departments, and like I said, we got down to the 11th hour. And, and understand that from my background – you know, we did a POM every two years, and we laid out the the military's budget, and then every service got its slice of the pie. And so working through that right there, I've worked really hard to to change the direction of Canyon County and work a lot with the comptroller within their guidance. So the first thing we did back in May is we laid out a capital outlay plan, and we kind of laid out here of all the things that we haven't done probably in a decade that we need to at least identify. And when we, and I think in somewhat, I almost call it analysis paralysis. It was just so much information placed upon the budget committee. Um, and they're, and they're struggling with, okay, this is what we haven't done over the years. What do we have to do now? And, and I, hopefully I'll do a better job to set priorities for them. That way I can see that, you know, here are what I think is that we should really look at the old hospital was, listed on the uh, on the five-year plan is that we need to set aside money. And we did set aside some money in capital outlay. First time we've ever really had some money in capital outlay. Now, that's supposed to go for the solid waste facility, the new solid waste facility. Right. But there is a, a – we, we set aside some pennies to go into capital outlay. We set some money aside in a rental account, which we've never done before, you know, roughly $20,000 and, a, you know, $100,000 in capital outlay. But that's what the comptroller wants us to do. They want us to paint the picture of where the county wants to see itself, where where it is right now, and where we want to go financially. So, you know, from back up a year ago, two years ago, we're borrowing a million plus out of educational debt service to pull into our general fund to use as operational funding. This year, through I don't know belt tightening and and watching everything, uh, re- looking at our our contribution to the Tennessee retirement plan, looking at our insurance and our and who's who's doing that for us, and then pulling some of those things into our office, uh, we're able to only borrow four hundred thousand dollars this year. So we're and to operate the general fund, and, and we're setting better now. You know, again, there's some arguments on how best you do that, and I'm all welcome to to hear those right. arguments, uh, and I don't have. Um, a monopoly of the information, but uh, that's where we're hopefully we're trending in the right direction. We'll have to see where we go here in this spring, and then we can kind of actually set aside some money to, like I say, priorities are in my mind Adams, Adams Hospital, the jail's got to be looked at really hard to see what kind of improvements we're going to do. Um, and then later on, other priorities kind of come to mind. 
And so <clears throat> you know this, but I've I've worked with Canyon County for about twelve years. I've been with CTAS about fourteen and a half. There was a time period there where I had to move east and pick up a couple of counties, so I dropped a couple of my counties to the west and the upper county, and one of them was Cannon. And, and and I've enjoyed the 12 years, but I about it. It's been difficult at times for me uh, because I've been put in situations by either the county legislative body, county commission, where I'm a mediator between them and the county executive, and ideally those two two parties should be talking all the time. Uh, so I've been a mediator for there and, and of course, end up making one or the other mad or, or both. Um, <laughs> you know, that just happens. Um I've been a mediator between the commission and the school board a couple of times. And, you know, I, I spent some time with the school board a couple of years ago helping them through their budget. And I had some commissioners call me and ask me, why, why are you doing this? Well, that's my job. I mean, I work with, with both sides. I work with all sides of county government. My uncle served Cannon County for 32 years. He loved Cannon County. One of the first places I went with him when I started at CTAS was Cannon County. He loved it. Thought He thought there was so much potential there and still remain that small town feel and be a small town and, and be friendly. And, and, and people are friendly. But what I've seen in 12 years is politics can really determine how much a county succeeds um and if you have that kind of politics where it's not good or positive it, it can prevent the county from moving forward and and i know one thing some of the commissioners for years have said we're not raising property taxes you know that's their whole thing and but at some point you got to find some funding to do things like you're faced with to take care of solid waste to renovate a building for use for county so the county don't have to go buy another building that's how many square feet is that building i mean it's big it's yeah, yeah uh, it's, it's four thousand four thousand square feet, square feet. Yeah, so yeah. buying a four thousand square foot building now is going to cost a lot of money compared to trying to, to renovate this one to get up standards i say all that to say this uh the politics there is it can it can help or hurt as in any county uh, my job is to answer questions and try not to be political, you know, and, and, and help you. And, and, you, and you do a great job doing it. I, really, I do, and I really thank you well, for doing I, that. I appreciate I mean, it. And, we, and I enjoy working with you, and we have a good relationship. But when we come back, I do want to talk about the some of the changes that's been made over the last 15 months since you've been in with the financial side and the financial management committee. And then I want to talk about why you're – qualify for this job because you just didn't come into this job with no clue of county government you've done some things in your lifetime so i want to make sure people know hey this guy's doing a good job he's qualified so when we come back this is trending ben rogers is your host and i'm with brent bush county county executive we'll talk about all that more welcome back to trending on news talk 94.1 fm and 1600 am this has been rogers your host i'm with brent bush the county county executive uh coming from woodbury today uh we're talking about some of the things county county's seen since you've been county executive there's been more that you've seen you're a commissioner for four years and we'll get into that as well but i want to mention something that that happened in august of 18 other than you being elected county executive on the referendum so when people went to vote for you and other officials they also got the chance to vote for the county financial management system of 1981 so that was a financial management act passed by the legislature in 1981 to centralize county government financial or fiscal procedures so they they had a chance to vote for it. Now there's two ways to to vote this in. The commission can do it. County commission can vote it in by two thirds vote, or it can be voted in uh, by the voters uh, on the referendum. Now there's two ways to get on the referendum. County commission can put it on the referendum for the people to vote, or the people can petition to have it on the referendum so they can vote on it. In this case, the county commission said, you know what? We we hear the talk of of the centralizing. Uh, it's a, that is one of the most political uh, things in county government in Tennessee, and the reason is because the school system then send, sends all their fiscal procedures into one office with the county general fund, highway fund. 
and the other funds. But that's a political part because the school, a lot of schools don't want to give up that authority. Um, they feel like sometimes they lose a little bit of power, and really they don't. It's just centralized. So county commission uh, voted to put on a ballot. The people voted in in August of 18, the same time you got elected. Uh, so you're probably sitting there thinking, oh, you know, I, I haven't even taken office in September 1, and I've got, a, I've got a challenge ahead. I'm not saying you were for or against it, but I've got a challenge ahead because the reason you've – it's one of your responsibilities is by law you're mandated to be on the financial management committee that's established once it's approved. And so the rule, the law is once it's uh, voted in, which was August of 18, the system must be installed within 13 months beginning on July 1 of the fiscal year after its adoption. So July 1 of 19, 2019, you had 13 months from that point. And we're during that time right now to have this implemented. And it needs so it needs to be implemented by August of this year, of 2020, I should say. You facing this as soon as you get elected. You know, you're looking at the results. You're, you know, you see that you've won and other officials have won. And you're looking at this referendum vote. And the vote is to centralize the uh, financial management system in Canyon County. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, kind of tracing it back to this whole discussion, I think, and, and I understand the comptroller's law, the logic of, of having centralized financing, and people know, and probably don't understand it. General Law, Fifty Seven Act, Eighty One Act, Charter Government, all the different forms of county government or county government, metro government, all these different things have different rules and guidelines to follow because they're all organization, all organized different. You kind of understand that. So, you know, being under general law for all these years and then jumping from general law all the way to 1981 Act, I was like, man, that's going to be tough. It's just tough. It is hard. And you've been very patient with us. You've worked, you know, hard. You've walked in, you've come down there and you've tried to lay it all out. And then in the process of me, I, you know, sat on the board and then I, and we had to get budgeting money set aside for it. I can't hire people without a funding line. And as a member of the board, there's, you know, four commissioners and, and then there's three officials, and it is it is a lot of angst to it. And again, I guess they I guess county government is the the difference for me is that I lived in a constant world of change for 20 plus years in the military, and I could even going back, I couldn't you know it's done changed again. So we were always forced to make changes based on funding models and where we were. Um, you know, and structural, and the and the and what the enemy you know wants us to do, and or or, or what we can do to thwart you know the enemy. So I, I was used to it. So I never. It took a, it's a, been a year. We do have the money in place. Um, we've had some discussions. Um, we've got some candidates that are uh, that's interviewed. We have some members that stepped off the committee now. Uh, we're really back at square one. We got a new chairman for it. We've got two new committee members, and um, hopefully here in January the fourteenth, we'll kind of get it rolling again, and you'll come down and kind of lay the rules out again for us, and then we'll hopefully get this decision made by spring of the year. Anyway, I'm, I'm working the office space issue right now. But with that, with with a new position. Um, of course, you know, the, the chief financial officer is kind of embedded in the county executive's office. But when you move that out, you got to have a place for those those folks and, 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 to, and to work. Now, right. today's modern day technology, it ain't like we have to all sit in the same room. We can use email and whatever and communicate. But I think the, the comptroller will like us all to centrally locate sure. with, with people where they can overlap and they can work together. Yep. And um 
So I, I, I think we've uh, we've got a couple of, a couple of options. We meet January fourth. I can lay out some options for them over. This is a this is where we can go. We, we can set up an office for us. It's outside the courthouse, um, and then um, we've got to get the person decide on who we want. Yeah, and, and I was going to mention you've you've accomplished some of the things you have to. You've, you've uh, adopted some rules and procedures, which is the financial management committees. That's one of their responsibilities. Another one is to hire a finance director. And the qualifications, uh, they're not to be overlooked. It's somebody with a financial background, accounting background, somebody that has an understanding of county government because, folks, county government <laughs> is a lot different animal than your personal checkbook and personal uh, business or whatever you have. It's a little bit different animal, the way things work. There's so many moving parts. And the next, really the big step, uh, finding office space and hiring a finance director once that finance director gets in, then they start hiring their staff. Uh, we, you know, we've talked. We know that uh, the highway department's going to have somebody, and the schools will have some people that move into that office. You may need to hire some other people. Don't know how many, but it, it's a system that works if you have good people in place. And I think y'all are a, a good start, and it will get done. Um, but that's been another. Uh, listen, brother, your first fifteen months has not been easy. <laughs> and I and I use you as an example in other counties, and not to be negative. It's just like, hey, you think you've got it bad. This is what's going on in Cannon County, and it's not that they're it's terrible there. It's just there's so much going on to make it better, and that's what you're doing. You're trying to make the county better, and and y'all are working towards that. There's ten county commissioners in Cannon County, so it takes six people to get most most things to get done. Six votes. Um, I like a small commission personally. I think it's uh, I think it's good, but there's ten county commissioners. Key is communicating and, and to knowing what everything is available, transparency, and y'all are getting there. But your first fifteen months has been different. You're just not brand new to this. I mean, it's you. You served four years as county commissioner. Your dad was county executive, so you knew talking to him and seeing what kind of what that was. Now times have changed. I mean, how long has that been since he's been? Oh, twenty years almost. Yeah, ninety eight, two thousand. Yeah, so that times have changed since then. Of course, he got to work with my uncle closely. But I, I want to know. You left high school, went to college. I grew up in a family-run business, so I, I take that as really my. I grew up right there on the corner. Really, Woodbury, born in Woodbury. My dad left, went off and worked. Actually, we lived in Cookville, lived in Knoxville, lived in some other places, and then he decided to come back and run a family-run business. And that's kind of where, and that's what. So my whole, um, st- you know, structure is about you know how hard people work, and I'm really pro uh, people uh, that want to do that and want to take on. I think private, you know, I, I, I kind of have the feeling I wish the government would get out of a lot of, you know, people's way. Entrepreneurial skills are sure. needed. My dad and my uncle ran the store, and that's what I grew up. And I went to school, MTSU. and um, You played football. I played, a little fo- I played football. I was fortunate to play for Coach Donnelly for roughly up to about 84. And then I got uh, I got injured and went on and went in, went in the military later. Um, but um, – and uh, anyway, the got married and started raising a family and got serious about my education and went back to school. And I was commissioned uh, in the Army as an artillery officer and served. And uh, I served about half my career. Uh, and, and, and the military is different. It's a, it's a different structure. It's a, it's a large corporation. Um, and, again, I, I served in a military that went from, you know, 800,000 folks in the, the mid to – 80s to you know half a million and um was fortunate i, I got to command uh, a couple different levels and and served uh, my last tour in the pentagon and 
and decided to come home. I did about seven years overseas and did a couple combat tours and I jumped out of a few airplanes and, and, and felt fortunate and, uh, and to, to have the opportunity to serve. And again, with all that, you, you get educated, as my dad say, beyond my intelligence, go on to grad school and, and, and you learn a lot about what I decision making. And uh, right. I was talking to a guy yesterday. It's such a, the first thing he, I wanted him to help us do as a county, I, he said, well, I need to gather information. And I said, well, you know, that's the first step in the military decision uh, process, gather information. Sure. And we're talking about the old Adams Hospital. We're gathering information. Right. So I'm big into trying to understand the process before we get into a, you know, a quick decision at a commission meeting or whatever, and then it has lasting effects that we have to undo mm-hmm. because we didn't have all the information in front of us. Sure. There is nobody, there's 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 no rush. We're not having to invade a country. We're not, you know, we don't have, right. you know, nine eleven, you know, is beyond past us. Right. And so that, and I, and I, I was at Fort Bragg when that happened, so I learned again how you can, you know, do things with the current environment that you don't see, you know, later on. So sure. I'm very hesitant, um, you know, coming from that perspective. And I know that probably that really forces some commissioners to think that I'm slowing the proverbial process down. But yeah. I really am trying to gather all the decision-making tools and communicate that with them. And I've probably been a little bit more transparent. And I think that's important. And I want to continue talking about that when we come back because um, uh, transparency and communication is key. We come back, our last segment with uh, County Executive from Cannon County, Brent Bush. We'll continue to talk about some of the things going on there and, and his processes and experience and why he's there and where they're going from now when we come back. Welcome back to Trending. This has been Rogers on News Talk 94.1 FM and 1600 AM. We've had a, a really good conversation so far this morning uh, with Cannon County Executive Brent Bush. He's in 15 months into his first term. As county executive, he served as a county commissioner four years prior. We haven't touched on that a lot yet, but I want to get back. I want to first of all, I want to thank you for your service in the military. You you retired from the military. I think that speaks volumes, not only to serving, uh, but you retired and and uh, what a contribution to our country you gave. I don't think we say it enough, but uh, I I had I didn't do it. Uh, I wish I had done it. Uh, I think that's wonderful. It's the ultimate. Uh, form of public service, in my opinion, is serving in the military. So thank you for that. You're very humble. You're modest. You don't talk about it a lot. Only time I hear you bring it up is when you're trying, <laughs> and, and this is funny to me, but when you're trying to get a point across to another constituent or commissioner and you say, well, my thought process comes from this. I was in the military and this is how we handled it. And you and I actually had that conversation. I'll tell a brief story right quick. Uh, when you were county commissioner and you had, you had talked to me about running, and of course I encouraged you. I'm not going to lie about it. I thought you did a good job as a commissioner. Um, but I told, I did tell you. I don't know if you remember. I said, Brent, being a county executive is not the same as being a colonel in the army. There are similarities, but it's not the same. But you you can bring those similarities in if you have a right mindset. The reason I say that is I had a county mayor uh, a few years ago that retired from the military that they wouldn't come in and want to tell everybody what they had to do, even the schools, highway department, and they had no authority. Well, that got him started off on the wrong foot. You did not do that because you knew that by being a commissioner, you knew it didn't work that way. And then you and I talked about it. Um, but thank you for everything you did. You, you come home. You retired from the you retired from the military. You come home to Cannon County. You've been gone, what, 30 years, you said? Been gone 30 years? Come home. What made you decide to run for county commission? Well, my actually, my my brother-in-law, uh, who's retired from the military, made a run at the county executive's role. 
and I and I thought I would set a support role up and, and be a commissioner. My grandfather was a commissioner on my other on my mother's side. So I heard the stories of being a commissioner and I actually thought the commissioner was a was a more important role um, as a guiding role um, to the county executive and work with the county. I, I kind of knew the role. I remember what my grandfather talked about. And uh, my other grandfather served on the school board during the time whenever they consolidated all the schools from 30-something schools in the county down to roughly six or seven that right. we have today. So I kind of out of that family, the background, again, as a boy, listening to them talking over Christmas holidays or something like that, and they're talking politics. But my grandfather, um, Foster, was really talked a lot about his commission. And I, I wanted to kind of set and, and support and help the county. I mean, I just you know, wanted to I've, – I've, I'm born here, and, um, and, and I've, I've, witnessed, I've witnessed from a, a, from a massive urbanization going on across America. And I was sitting in D.C. and watched the news, and I was thinking, wow, there's two Americas going on. And, again, I spent seven years overseas, did Afghanistan, Iraq, and all that different stuff, and whatever, and then all the different places. And I'd come back to the States. And I'd watch the news, and I think, man, this, this, there's whole urban communities are different than what I'm experiencing and talking to in rural communities. Right. And, and rural communities, I'm a big fan of. That's why you got this great, you know, this growth going on. Uh, we're growing, but we're not growing. In the sense, is that we're kind of growing flat, and and that's kind of where I thought as a commissioner, I could kind of say, well, what can we do? What can we to set the conditions for the county to be a great place for people to come and live? I mean, we're going to be a place where people commute to work. They drive to either Murfreesboro or Nashville, whatever. Very few go to Warren County. People from Warren County drive through our town to go to Murfreesboro, Nashville. Right. That's just how it is. So that that has effect on your sales tax. That has effect on your revenue. That has effect on local businesses. Sure. And, and but again, also understand that economic behavioralism from my again my academic days is really a struggle. I mean, we can we could talk Friedman, we could talk all the different people, and I again I I served with people that were Rhodes Scholars. I'm talking PhDs. You know, chief of staff of the army. These guys are, you know, extremely well read. Now you sit and listen. And my point is, is that I kind of thought, well, from a governing you know, legislative body, what can we do to get out of the way to allow Cannon County to prosper? So, taxation is important, and it is. and 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 so what the the appropriate amount is really the question you should ask. You know, we the what what do we trying to do with it? How do we transfer in this wealth from people that are holding on to it how do we transfer it for the common good that's really what you're doing with taxation from a theoretical sense right and whether that's property tax or whatever um i know we talked a lot about impact fees you know sure and and we did we did this county commission did vote in impact fees which again has a has a method to to put additional costs when bring money. We did an archive fee. We you know if we want to store our records and things of that nature, now we're you know charging people for archive. Property tax is always probably the most volatile subject. And I personally also understand their point because you bought a piece of property, you own it, whatever. Now I'm renting it back to the county right. essentially. So you're right. the whole the whole concept there. Um, and I'm I'm cautious with that. I mean, I think stabilizing taxation, figuring out a way we just, and most of our growth, the $400,000 that I borrowed this year is due to the fact is that we increased appraisal values on property and, cre- and increase with that the value of each penny brought in more money. We went from bringing in twenty thousand dollars per penny to twenty five thousand sure, dollars, which penny, is huge. Which is huge, huge, you know. And so that's where really our our 
uh, revenue streams is coming from, not from me doing any major movements in expenses. I mean, I have limited some expenses, but I can't take the credit. It's been more of a revenue, increased revenue flow. Right, and that's always good. The impact fee will help because what you're doing is someone that wants to build to build new construction, they'll get charged per square foot to get that permit to build. We've got the west side of the county that sees a lot of people coming in and building houses because of Murfreesboro. Right. And yeah. uh, my, my best friend, he uh, does building inspections and electrical inspections. And Cannon County is one of his counties because the state, he works contracts with the state. And he's going down there every week to do those inspections. So you know the people are coming in. But it's like you said, you're almost even. You're getting growth on the west side. Then some people are going out. But what's important is your tax base is growing. Uh, the penny value. And we, we know it's growing because the penny values went up. Correct. That's where the tax base grows. So that's helping the impact of people help. So there's good things. This show is not all about doom and gloom about Cannon County. It's about to let you know what county, rural counties struggle with day in and day out. And this is a perfect example. Um, your, your four years as a commission, you learned a lot. You saw the moving components of county government. Uh, at what point in time did you decide you wanted to run for county executive? Uh, really, it was a, it was really a tough decision for me. Number one, um, had several people approach me and talk to me, and I kind of uh, set it aside and said, let me think about it. And I guess uh, at about, basically about the time you have to pick up your paperwork, and then I thought, well, I'll just I'll do it the best I can and, and lay it out and, and try not to take it personal and, and try to move on. And, and again, um, it, it has been. Again, we're in a small community. Um, you know, I'm not trying to drag in all the anecdotal, you know, comments that are made here and there and whatever. Sure. You just you just live with them. You just sure. go on and and you just, you do the best you can with the. And but I do have. I mean, I hate to I hate to admit the fact is that I mean I'm 57 year old, so I have core beliefs. I right. have core principles. Right. And And you may not agree with them, but that don't mean that me and you have to be hatred toward exactly. each other. I mean, hate yeah. and discontent. We can sit there. I mean, I disagreed with a lot of the professors <laughs> that I sat in the classroom with and said, well, you know, you may say that from a you know, point of view, but my dad, you know, he had a whole different struggle at running a store. Sure. And, you know, that might work good to to do a, uh, you know, of course, we used to joke that if the government ran his store business, they'd probably hire additional 25 people <laughs> to, just because we were working it. our butts off. Right. And, and I say that respectfully because sure. I'm a, I'm a, I, I worked inside uh, the, the Department of Defense, and sometimes we did things that that the only way we could do it is with the Department of Defense. But then there was other things that we just didn't do too well. Right. I mean, I hate to you know go back and rehash all the things. Anytime when you get a group of people together and they're trying to make decisions over the the, the common good, you, you bring in those personalities, you bring in those experiences. And so I'm I'm kind of like, you know, like I said, I kind of like to slow the process down. Let's try not to make too much damage. And then because there's so many second and third order effects that happens from a legislative and a governmental standpoint that, that uh, people can vote and then they don't think about. Yep. And then me as a you know administrator of that, I'm sitting there wrestling with, oh, crap. You know, so I'm I'm very cautious when it comes to. I hate to use the word governmental intervention, but I mean that's what you're doing. You're you're changing the rules, and I communicate a lot with Clark Boyd and Mark Pody and the struggle of rural counties, and and I think it is different than than say Davidson County's problem sure. or, or Rutherford County's mm-hmm. problem or even Co- or Putnam County's mm-hmm. problem. Before we close, um, <clears throat> what's good going on? Anything you can share with us? Well, we got some great people uh, that are that are serving, and I want them to continue to serve. They're they're, they're conscientious and they're working real hard. And, you know, the commission body, 
Uh, we got, you know, the IDB, the Industrial Development Board, we got some great people that are looking for it. We got a great school board, and, you know, we all have kind of competing ideas of where they're going, but all these people in the, in the director of schools, he's pretty new like me. Um, we probably don't do a really good job of uh, communicating all that stuff. I'm not kind of a – I don't pat – you know, I'm just kind of don't pat people on the back, right. and I'm not really, a, you know, kissing babies, handshaking. Sure. I kind of go to work. And um, and this is the first uh, really opportunity I've communicated much. It's not that I've avoided our local news sources. I just sure. really hadn't had time, you know, and you reached out to me. And sure, I'm really, absolutely. And I'm really a big fan of you guys. Well, I appreciate you. And, and, and what I want to say to you, Brent, uh, as we close, is keep on keeping on. Um, Cannon County is a good place to be and a good place to serve, and I enjoy working there and trying to serve in the capacity. So thank you for being here. I can't wait to, my, uh, uh, I can't wait to hear the reaction from my listeners about this show because um, you gave some good insight about the rural county struggles, but also what's being done to, to help uh, improve that. So thank you. Uh, you've been listening to News Talk 94.1 FM. We will have Brent back at some point later on down the road because we want to get an update of what's going on. This has been Rogers, and this has been an episode of Trending.